0: We all know we love
1: Welcome to the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Devin Mullen. And I'm Mike Shamil. And today, we're joined by Don Wagranowski in uh, Staple Music Place, Nietzsche's. How are we doing, Don? Good, sir. How about yourself? It's Not good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So, the reason I asked Don on the show is because if you if you haven't had the chance to when you're out at Nietzsche's, you can see Don working the door. He, he's keeping an eye on on the scene, making sure everyone's behaving and... And acting respectable. But he's also a musician himself. He plays with uh, Righteous Villains. Yep. You have a residency here. Every Thursday, 6 to 8. And what kind of music is it? Blues. Blues. I I had the pleasure of listening to some recordings you sent me. And I was hearing uh, covers of uh, B.B. King, Thrill is Gone, a lot of Taj Mahal and the original stuff. And what I really appreciated about it was you weren't bending the tropes too much. You, you have fun politics and, and fun, like, twists of phrases and ideas. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that
0: with your music. Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, we try not to be, like, we try not to keep everything, like, you know, you know bad woman done me wrong song right. every time. You know, and... uh, You mean, you don't want to play the blues scale and say the same five things in ten songs. And and ten songs, right. (laughs) And um, we're all, uh, you know, as a group, we're all politically conscious, socially conscious, and we're all pretty much on the same page. And uh, that's like the one song... uh, I don't think I had a chance to send it to you, but uh, Cody and I wrote it. It's called uh, Cops Were Cool Until I Stormed the Capitol. Yes. And... uh,
2: I have gotten to hear that yeah. one. That <laughs> one cracked me up.
0: <laughs> They've been my favorite of the bunch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Cody and I wrote that, uh, the lyrics for that by text. One night at about three in the morning, We uh, we had talked about it you know work in the door and then like he's you know i send him like, i send him like the first verse and then he sends me the second verse and then we came up with the chorus together and then we like, we wrote the, the last verse <laughs> just like now we just need to put it to music and then like a week later we got together with brian and boom it was a song and we did it that thursday
1: i i think it came out really well Thanks. Uh, C- cody's a previous guest on the show too and yeah. he's always wonderful to sort of have that back and forth with um where does your, your musical life start? When, when did you start playing
0: um, I Well, I started playing drums when I'm trying to think when my brother went to Vietnam. Uh, he had a drum kit in the basement. And then uh, I started banging on him. My father made me took lessons. So, yeah. so he's supportive. <laughs> yes. No, my father was a horn player himself, so...
1: That's right. Um, he actually had some notable gigs, too, you had talked about.
0: Yeah, my first concert was uh, to go see my father and Ray Charles' horn section at Melody Fair.
2: Oh, that's so, cool.
0: <laughs> you know. So so
1: really, it's it's definitely been something that's accompanied you throughout your life. Absolutely.
0: Um, why, why is that for you? Um, Again, you know, my my dad was a musician. I was brought up with music. Uh, you could hear him playing, and you know, in the basement, like every night, every day, before he went or after when he did whatever it was he had to do. And he would go down the basement, and he had a he actually had a box built so he could put his trumpet in and play, and it was muted, and all you heard was very soft sounds coming out of the basement.
2: That's brilliant because yeah. as a as a musician in the city it's always a challenge to find ways to play music at home. Right. You know, everyone has kind of dealt with it, especially it's the worst when you're a renter because you have paper-thin walls and you can practically hear your neighbor snoring every day. Absolutely. So having, like, a way you can play at home without anyone going, hey, knock it off, is, is Yeah, great. right, right. <laughs> and and horns are not quiet instruments, and, and throwing a mute in it would just kind of change the vibe. So that's that's really clever.
0: Yeah, he was... He was a MacGyverish kind of guy. So, <laughs> did, did
2: he build that himself? Or? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: wow. He did a lot of stuff around the house I couldn't even imagine doing myself. You know, he would try and show me stuff, but it, he had he came up with some fairly inventive uh, solutions to household <laughs> problems. So. <laughs> I bet you, you look at the wiring of some old Buffalo houses, and it's really some kind of alchemy. Going on there, yeah. Just the, the, the thinking with it. It's, oh yeah, we uh, had to we had to do our house um, a couple years ago, and then it, it's been a, a piece by piece project, and uh, like they went we we had to have a, a patch of roof done so we could get windows put in, and they pulled off and they pulled off like all this old wiring, the wiring in the upper. You know the north, the northwest portion of the house was still like the cr- cloth-covered wiring uh, from the '30s, wow. <laughs> and we're sitting there. I'm like, wow, and we haven't burned down yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> but I mean, that that's kind of the, the story of Buffalo in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's ingenuity, it's surviving, it's yeah, some, somehow we're still here. Somehow the we're still here. It, it catch. And now,
0: yeah, we're getting a good word nationally, you know, which is really cool. Yeah. Although I, I get a lot of people that come here, uh, I work the door Friday, Saturday, and they come here, th- you know, like the concierge or the taxi driver, they told them they wanted to go hear live music. And they said, well, you got to go to Nietzsche's and they come here. And they did not think much of Buffalo when they got here because the reputation. And then they go like, this is, like, the coolest city. This is the coolest bar I've ever been at. You know, I'm like, don't tell too many people. We don't, you know, we don't want to ruin it. You right. Know. We,
2: we don't want it to become, like, the latest yuppie nightclub.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. That one, we don't want to be that touristy city that, you know, that gets ruined because people come here for what, you know, whatever I, reason.
1: I, I may have my numbers wrong here, but... Nietzsche's has been putting on live music every night for 40 years. 40 years, almost half a century. How how does that
0: happen? How does that work? Well, right now we have Mike Moretti and Jace Booking, who uh, doesn't get in, doesn't get paid what you know what he's worth. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah, and we have. Like this is a fill-in for the residency, Tyler Westcott's residency. But Monday through Thursday, uh, we have the same four bands. Friday is a rotating residency, but you know, uh, every Friday. Then Celtic sessions on Saturday and Philippone on Sunday, and Jazz Cache on Sunday night. And every, but the the rest of the nights are all taken care of by of Mike, and and he just you know he's got a list of bands and people. You know, people are always asking, and you know, we have cards behind the bar, and give you know they want to they want to get booked here.
1: Oh yeah, and I mean the outside of the residencies and just the the shows you've described. I've seen hip hop here, reggae, EDM, weird experimental art installations. Yes. I mean, I mean it's really uh,
0: kind of like a, a meeting ground for all all different forms of music. Absolutely, that's and I think that's the beauty of the place, is because no matter what what style of music you play it's 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 here for music and i think most of the you know it's a musicians hang out whether it's you know some country guy sitting next to me sitting next to the metalhead you know on the other side and we're all talking about we're all talking about a jazz guy so it, the you know it's, it's all about the music you know and to support you know each other no matter what the form
1: you, you said that um, that community value, that solidarity, that that's something that you really like about Buffalo.
0: Absolutely. Um, even in the worst years, you know. I mean, like, and I've been here. You know, I'm 63 years old. So, uh, you know, I when I was growing up, I remember this supposedly being, you know, a great city. You know, this is, you know, the history of all the acts that came through here, and then it, the the steep decline, and throughout it all it was the people that no matter what no matter how crappy it got you know in in the city and you know this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong and it's the people that that always always coming together that no matter what always made it you know survivable and it made it enjoyable you know you could always count on, go, on going somewhere and having a bunch of people Y- you know yeah. that are gonna make that are gonna make it worthwhile. Yeah, you
2: know, I just got a friend around the corner. Yeah, so to speak. absolutely. That that scrappy reputation of Buffalo really does shine, especially in the music scene. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we saw a lot of creative things during the pandemic. We've seen a lot of creative things with people just trying to keep music going. Um, what do you think um, musicians need to kind of keep on their radar to continue to be inventive?
0: I think you just have to keep your ears and your mind open. I mean, hear something you like, you know. I mean, no matter what. I mean, but for your own, I think for your own craft, you just have to keep going at it and keep your mind open. And you know, and again, like as we try to as we try to do, is to not to not be form. You know, to not be, you know, strict. You know, you have to follow this rule. You know, because this is what, you know, this is the t- the kind of music you play and you have to do this this way. Well, screw you. I'm going to do it whatever way, whatever way pops in my head and entertains us. And that's why I like, you know, the guys we play with. We have fun with that.
1: There's definitely a pervasive, like, anti-authoritarian vibe in Nietzsche's that that I really You like. think?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: I do think. <laughs> um... And kind of, kind of the leapfrog off that. I mean, it's it's got to be really interesting working the door at a, a venue that's so radically open, where where part of your job is keeping a kind of order, but not not being an authoritarian about it. How do, how do you approach your job in a way that produces
0: peace? Well, first when you, first when people come, you should you know you're the you're the face of the franchise. Let's put it that way. You shouldn't, you know. You, you should be, you should be the guy that makes them want, you know. Like, oh, if everybody's like this, here's like this. This is cool. You have to be, you have to be, yes, and you know, the guy in charge. But you don't have to be a dick, you know. And I always look at it myself. Is I'm here, like I want everybody to have a good time. The only time I, the only time I should have ever have to say anything, or that, is if your good time interferes with his, and then you can just talk to the guy. Ninety-nine percent of the time, everybody that comes here, they want to catch a buzz, listen to music, and then go home happy. So, ninety-nine percent of the time, so you dude, maybe you just might want to think, whatever, you know. And they, oh, sorry, and and the night goes on.
2: Maybe don't roundhouse kick the people around you. Three right, mill, but yeah, think about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't elbow elbow the guys on either side of you in the nose every three seconds. You know, I mean, no no I, MMA I, in the mosh. You know, know. no MMA yeah. in the mosh. Unless it's yeah.
2: MMA in the mosh night.
0: Right, <laughs> right. No, no and, they're probably never. going we actually, to We actually used to have night. a sign here so no moshing. <laughs> there was two up here, and there was one in the back, or up front, because yeah, you know, guys, people will get hurt. Yeah, m- moshing's definitely—it's
1: changed. I'm not gonna weigh in whether for the better or not, because
0: that's—that's a controversial discussion. <laughs> well, I've never been a connoisseur, so I.
2: <laughs> I feel like it's gotten more respectful. I mean, the last like handful of punk shows have been in the pit, like you know, there's been this like unspoken like respect. Like if someone gets clobbered and falls over, or their shoe falls off people usually stop and either pick the person up or, like, make a little space to kind of block all the dancers so they can get so, their shoe back on. So they can on. get their
0: shoe back on, yeah. yeah. And
2: then you throw them back in the pit and you're like, alright. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that,
0: of course. You're back,
1: out yeah. there. back <laughs> to the lions. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely got more, like, socially responsible,
2: yeah. for sure. A lot less blood than the old days.
1: Yeah, but I, I almost think that's kind of the point of moshing, is that it's supposed to be very primal and bloody. Uh, on some level. Maybe I, I I think that's where the exercise comes from, you know, just in the scenes that run kind of came to be in, you know, periphery punk people who don't fit in anywhere and they just got a rage. It's probably a good thing that it's not that violent, but I'm just saying there, there. There's different ways to look at
0: it. You could also look at it as cardio work, I guess. Yeah. Um,
2: who needs Pilates when you can windmill?
0: That's right. See, I mean, <laughs>
2: I'll
1: tell you. After I've gotten kicked in the chest, I've never breathed so clear. So there
2: you go. Uh,
1: so stepping stepping outside just the, the walls of Nietzsche's for a second, and into the the broader context, we we live in a time of a lot of spectacular problems. Uh, whether whether it's the current you know war in, in the Ukraine, whether it's climate collapse, whether it's political domestic problems here at home, um, has music served as a kind of pilot light
0: for you through that? Um, absolutely. I, if it was, you know, boil it boil it down to the end of the day, I mean. I, and I don't remember who said it, but it, at the end of the day, no matter you know no matter what's troubling you, music, music is there to you know, music is there to, to heal it. You know, I mean, I can throw a pair of headphones on or I can crank my stereo up on 11. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who have you been listening to these days? would you say? Well, as, as I think I told you before, I'm a huge government mule fan. Yes. Uh, I went to see him in August. It was my 56th time. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to see him New Year's. I won't be working New Year's. Sorry, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I'm finally going to go see him on New Year's on, at the Beacon. Oh, uh, sweet. Uh, Wonderful. I still listen to uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the old guys. Uh, Coco Montoya, Walter Trout. Uh, Rick Estrin and the Night Cats, uh, which used to be Little Charlie and the Night Cats. Well, little Charlie Beatty is dead, but uh, Rick Estrin took over. Guys, uh, Kid Anderson on guitar now. If you ever give a chance, listen to that. If you want to, if you want to hear some tongue in cheek and lyrics and double entendres, they're full of them. That's uh, right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, and that's where we do a couple of Little Charlie and the Night Cats too, and we do like three or four of them. Right well on. And it's all tongue and cheek, you know like uh... we one of them we do is uh... Yeah, as as a public service announcement for the ladies uh... is dump that chump <laughs> you know, and uh... but uh... there's anna popovic who who's uh... fairly recent uh, albert gomez who's fantastic um, he's canadian uh... kenny wayne shepherd I just want to see him with Buddy Guy, so you know oh, that right was on. that was a great that was a great bridge show with uh, King you know Kingfish, Chris Stone Kingfish, oh wow. Then Kenny Wayne Shepherd, then Buddy Guy, and then at the end of the show they all played together. What a, so, what a chronology! Yeah, 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 the new guy, the middle, you know, the bridge, yeah. back to the origins. So that's wonderful. That's yeah, wonderful. and yeah, that, that's the kind of show that brings tears to your eyes, you know, tears of joy. So. Good. Um, Don't tell anybody. (laughs) You know, Don
2: told me the softest thing the other day you would not believe. (laughs) Soft, Soft. I didn't think there's anything soft about him. He threw me out last week, no. (laughs) But he was crying tears of joy while he was doing it. It's
0: true. Get rid of him (laughs) now. He's so happy to (laughs) see me go. This is so much fun.
2: Now, as a musician with a lot of experience, I always, I always like to pick people's brains and find out um, what we can pass on to younger musicians. Um, younger bands that want to come and play here, other than getting you know, the card for the, the booking team, what are the things that they should know?
0: What are the things they should know?
2: Yeah. Um, Before they walk in the door with their guitar and go,
0: can I play here? Uh, first off, be prepared. For, have, your, have your material prepared. Don't expect, uh, you know, I mean, first off, if you're going to play the front, have your own mics, cables, and stands. Yep. Uh, take advice from the guys who have been here, like, you know, I get people to come up in the front and they want to crank the PA, you know, and Patrick Jackson will be there and, you know, or I'll be there and go, no, you want to do this. And believe me, I've, I, I do this every week. And, and they're like, no, and the, I know what I'm doing, Okay you know and you've never touched it but know, know your material have your material prepared have your own have your own stuff don't expect anything you know to be done for you and just have a positive attitude bring you know bring your bring your A game that's Hell what yeah. I always say yeah
2: that's good advice
0: just bring your A game that's good life advice just do the best you just can do no, the best no best you one can.
1: can ask any more that's that. it
0: show up you get up, dress up, show up, and do, and you know, do whatever you can, man. Always do the next right thing. <laughs> always do the next right thing.
1: So, Don, what I what I like about talking to you is you always have this like very warm, welcoming energy. But I I know you you carry around a lot of a lot of shit in the background. <laughs> you know, you're 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 not like you know a tough guy, but you're a tough guy. You know, um, we've talked a little bit to, um, you you mentioned that your brother had served in Vietnam, and we haven't gotten into the specifics of it too much, and that's okay, but there's definitely been a a long line of military service in your family, it sounds like. Absolutely. And that, that extends to current events in the Ukraine. Absolutely, it, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering, um, as, as our news cycles are getting more geared towards domestic scandals and and the
0: election cycle and, you know... And there's we, we, just not enough domestic scandals to, to go around. Oh, na- never-ending. Never-ending. You know? I believe they're going to be starting the domestic scandal channel pretty soon. Oh God, don't give them ideas. DSC. <laughs> the, the,
1: the, the you know for for you and me, there you go, yeah you yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I just wanted to get some insight uh, as someone who has family that's currently you know fully embroiled in, in what's going on in the Ukraine um is there anything you wanted to to just share about what's happening how how are they doing
0: um well, it's it's kind of funny because i have uh, a cousin from germany who's retired german special forces cousin from poland who's retired polish special forces when the whole thing first happened uh... they gathered up about a hundred of their closest friends and went in and vol- as volunteer sort of uh... their own insurgent unit uh, working with nato intelligence and uh... ukrainian the ukrainian military and I also have uh, family in the Ukraine. Uh, only only one that I know of was military, and the rest were civilians. Uh, they've been displaced. Uh, their homes are gone. Uh, two of them are living in Toronto, and two of them are living in New York. And two of them are now, actually, well, they're in volunteer forces, but in back line. They're, they're definitely not like warrior types, yeah? so let's put it that way. So, But... Uh, from the get-go, I think uh, the spirit, the spirit of Eastern Europe, uh, has prevailed and it's completely surprised the world. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I get phone calls in, as I think I told you, in weird hours of the night because they're six to eight hours ahead of us. So they're calling me noon their time. It's four in the morning our time, and they're they're wanting to chat and like talk about blowing up, you know, blowing up tanks and blowing up, you know supply depots and um and they're giving them hell i mean and they, re- yeah, they yeah they really are hell yeah, yeah. um really. and so there was one there was one night it was about three o'clock in the morning and my cousin called me and he goes hold on what does this sound like <laughs> and, and, and that, was, that was a tank blowing up and he's like he's like and That's it was wild. like there was like two or three of them and he's like you know what sounds better than you singing the blues <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom! It's <laughs> like those are those are Russian tanks blowing up. Have a good day. <laughs> so, but uh, I think I think they've completely surprised the world, and uh, they, you know, they've exposed the Russian military for the farce that it was.
1: So, having, if have you uh, actively served yourself? Long time ago. Long time ago. Like, have you found that being in either directly or indirectly, just a, a half century of, of war and conflict, does it ever does it ever change? Does it ever get any easier? Getting the news, do you ever feel more prepared for it, or is it
0: just what it is? You, you get jaded, I, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, I grew up during the Vietnam era, right? And in my time, I can't remember us not being really in a, involved in some, some conflict somewhere, however small. You know, I mean, I think uh, someone did the math, and, it, and in our entire history, we've got a total of 14 years where we haven't been involved in a conflict somewhere.
2: And they're probably all scattered around. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. There's maybe a year here, two years here. You know. Yeah. To- it's like a total of fourteen years. There was a Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Somewhere. There was a Labor Day yeah, weekend. You know. We didn't invade or fight anybody. Yeah. You know. There was
2: a good barbecue going on. We just couldn't <laughs> so, miss yeah, it. Yeah. We, and the we next couldn't week miss we had to start it. And, you
0: know. Matter of fact, both sides they called a truce. Everybody had a barbecue, and then after Labor Day they went back and they started fighting. So you know. So.
1: Is there any. Uh, I, I mean, you have people doing really extraordinary things to get involved and support. I mean, as, as you said, people from Poland and Germany, also Americans, is going overseas. Right. I, I assume our average listener is not. Um, probably not at that s- stage, or, or, you know, if they're watching a music podcast, I don't right. assume they're, you know, going to form their own paramilitary group. But what's. Uh, t- yeah, you know who knows these days. Well, you can never tell. I you, mean. Yeah, you never know. Um, are there any ways that people can materially and effectively provide help?
0: There are. Um, and actually, I have a poster up front that has a direct link where you can choose your. Uh, you can choose your uh, your charity. You can support either the uh, Ukrainian military directly or. There's like half a dozen humanitarian uh, organizations. If you go down to the Dnipro Center on Genesee Street, every Friday and Saturday they have uh, fundraisers and they have also the, they have the same information. That's where I got the one poster. Beautiful. So, but you can make direct contributions to the organization of your choice. Are you maintaining a sense of optimism?
2: You um, mean, like, for your Ukraine or oh, for just America? just in general.
0: Just in general. I think you have to. Uh, I don't I mean, I don't get up and, you know, dance, you know, thinking, you know, oh, what a beautiful morning. But
2: uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Because I would love a video of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get the back scrubber and everything. We'll talk later. <laughs> 1995. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think you have to... You have to maintain a sense of optimism, or you know, every day that, you know, everything's going to be all right somehow, you know, because if you don't, then what else do you have left? Yeah. What's it all for? What's it all for? Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to get up in the morning and even, you know, even if you're, even if the highlight of your day is sitting in the recliner watching a, watching a baseball game, <laughs> that's a successful day if you do it, right? Yeah. You're <laughs> yeah.
2: alive. You're, you're doing something that you enjoy.
0: Right. So, but then you get up. Got days I come in here. I may not particularly care about the show. I want to get up. I might not want to leave the house. But you gotta you gotta look forward to something going right, you know. And then usually, like I said, there's days like I, you know, you wake up, you don't want to go. You don't want. You might wake up and not want to play. Yeah. And you go, oh man. And then you get there, and then like at the end of the night, you're like, that was fun. Yeah, I, I didn't feel worse because I did it, Right Kind of thing
2: Right That you internal know? resistance as, a, as anyone created Is a constant battle I've never met a person that has completely overcome it But I have found that the people that can keep it in check Are the ones who are just relentlessly keep going at it Even right. when they have those days where it's like I don't fucking want to do this
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right And I believe, yeah, there's days There's days you feel that like you don't want to get up And you don't want to go and do it uh, you know, I mean like I got I got ideas for three songs and the guys want to practice them tomorrow, you know tomorrow It's <sighs> yeah. and then all of a sudden boom, you know, what I mean? and it works out and it was all worth it So to our
1: audience at home to keep it real vague and inspirational <laughs> Do the thing you won't feel worse for doing the thing. That's right. Just do it. Do
2: the thing. Uh, do the thing. Even if you thing. might not feel like it. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great T-shirt, Devin, just do, to have like a picture of you going like, do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. so, you got any uh, final words? You know, that's that's all I've got. I think you've answered all the questions that were floating around in my brain.
0: Not anything uh, you wanted to add? No, not particularly. I think we've done it. Beautiful. Fairly extensive job here.
2: Uh, any any shows to plug? Any any ways uh, people can find your music? Oh, uh, we
0: well, still we do every Thursday here, six to eight. We got a couple shows coming up in Lockport. We're working on. Um, I can't give you dates yet because we haven't solidified them. All They're right. make-up dates. So. All right. Well, wow. everyone,
2: make sure you keep an eye on what he's got coming up. So when those dates get finalized, you can go and see them. All
1: right. Well, I guess with that, I'm Davin Mullen. And I'm Mike Shamil. This has been Don Wagranowski. This is Nietzsche's. And this is the Eighth Note Sessions.
2: We'll catch you next time. This song is Cops Were Cool Till I Stormed the Capitol by the Righteous Villains.
0: Now everyone's pissed. The FBI's prosecuting. The only ones bothered are the high for Cause we're beating cops with us flag Now we all know we love the blue we we'll wave the stars and bars and line up behind
2: The Eighth Note Sessions are produced by Music is Art. Our co-hosts are Devin Mullen and Michael Shamil. Editing by Michael Shamil. The executive director is Tracy Fletcher. Our program director is Sarah Elizabeth Shaw. You can help programs like this keep going by donating today at musicisart.org. Thanks for listening.